0: and dogs and things that they don't see and they're responding back to us like wow that's really cool so it's, it's total <laughs> like Douglas proves, Adams
1: this just proves that Herman Melville stuff. is a I mean, monster
0: it's, it's guide tell them I said galaxy. that.
1: Herman Melville is a monster
0: well you, you, duh yes of course but anyway I'm sorry come on that's what it proves
1: these that's guys it get proves. it
0: that's why they get. The they
1: don't understand what you're doing though, going back and forth.
0: Click that article. Just just look at it. Just okay. look at it. It's we'll a look beautiful at it. article. New York Times did an amazing piece on this. And every every human just scroll down. Scroll down. <laughs> and then if you have.
1: You can listen to the whale sonar.
0: Sperm whale. So there are you know 82 different types of cetaceous whales. These are sperm whales. So they're very elusive. Highly intelligent. Like, more than dolphin, more than killer whales. How do
1: they and know that? And it's them?
0: an amazing story. Anyway, all about language and communication, and we have a story to and tell barriers, And barriers, the, the scuba of Right, and, and, and there are only about 4,000 of them left, because Herman Melville... Seriously, fucking a Seriously, though. Yeah, because they have uh, 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 Gris... What, what's the... Elizabeth knows. What, what's the term? Uh,
2: oh, you're talking Gris. about... The yeah, the whale oil. The whale I oil, was about. yeah. Hang on. Um.
0: Anyway, <laughs> it, it's an amazing story. Change your life. But good look at my bookmarks. There's there's some stuff for you all.
1: Got it. Love you. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted to record up close sperm whale social behavior and clicks. I'm
2: sure it's a fascinating so we're, article. I don't know. So this is it. We're Gris. in. Gris. He was right. Gris. Amber. Gris is
1: correct. Ambergris. So here we are, thinking out loud. Different <laughs> format for us.
2: Apparently. What do you think? Um, I think we should, uh... <laughs> wow. I'm so thrown off now, but, like... Totally yeah, I'm kind of fascinated, fascinated with this
1: communication thing, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And mm. here comes Waylon again. <laughs> Speaking of communicating with animals... Right. I would like, like to communicate... me in. ...that okay. I would like to be petted. So, so,
2: listeners, hi, welcome to Thinking Out Loud. Okay. This is episode 108. We're recording on uh, April 21st, and in the evening... Again, this is our new, I think might end up being our new time for recording. We're going to start doing happy hour shows, which means they may be a little bit strange when they come to you, and that's okay. I like it. You know, we're in our 108th show. We needed a new format. We might as well just like segue right into, <laughs> into recording. That's, I think I kind of like that actually, because it keeps the listeners on their toes. They never know what to expect. Right, so, conversational.: In case you wanted to know who is speaking right now, um, you're you're with your hosts, Elizabeth Kaufman and Marianna Harrelson. Hi. Hey,
1: uh, you know, I almost said Mariana Neely, isn't that funny? That's hilarious. You're like Wait, <laughs> I know we've talked about this before, but you did change your name when you got married. correct? Yes, I did. Yeah, I did I did I did. So Do you ever have these moments where you introduce yourself by your maiden name? I don't Absolutely even know what your maiden never. name is. Absolutely never. Wow. Absolutely never. It's highly possible that way
2: back when I first got married, I did. But 13 years later... Absolutely never. Wow. Absolutely never. Yeah, it doesn't happen.
1: I'm a Kaufman through and through. Through and through. (laughs) So I I do want to ask you this question because I don't know if we've talked about this before. But do you consider yourself a feminist? Absolutely Right, so why
2: would you change your name? Um, well, at the time, I don't think I was a feminist, or I hadn't really discovered my feminism as well, and so I was still very, like, um, in the, the vein of doing things because it's tradition, and that's what you because do, Because that's the whatever. way you
1: do things, yeah.
2: But also, um, and, you know, God help me if my parents actually ever listen to this show, but, um... I was pretty eager to shed my maiden name. My my family has had kind of a rocky past few decades or so, and I just didn't want it anymore. Um, I was happy to take on Noah's name and make a family with him. And I guess, like, if you're going to, you know, if we're going to take it that direction as well, like, you know, why couldn't he have, um, like, why couldn't we have just made a new name for both of us? We could have done that, but we, again, we were very stuck in the in the Judeo-Christian tradition of marriage and family, which includes a man and a woman, and the woman takes the man's name, and there you go. So that's where we are. But so it was a chance of recreation, almost. Yes, definitely definitely and don't get me wrong i you know i love my family but i just i'm they are not me and i am not them and so i'm i'm not sad to still be carrying around that last name that people can't pronounce or spell either so
1: (laughs) so it's interesting because you know we uh rescued our dogs both of them, and they mm-hmm. both came from the Spartanburg Humane Society, which we'll link into the show notes. Nice. And so, w- oh, let me think for a second. Okay, Willie was Grover. Uh huh. We just looked at him and we we're like, he's not a Grover. No, he was he's only not. twelve. He's really not. He was only twelve weeks old when we got him, so he was just a just a wee bit. And he had been taken from his mom pretty early, um, and so, you know, he didn't really. I don't think, have any experience being called that name. Well, Waylon came to the shelter after he had been with a family, they think, who put him out on the street. And so he had been on the street for a little while, and then he came to the shelter, and then he was Roper, and I think he was Roper because that's the road he was found on or something like that. Mm. And so he became Waylon, and it's just so interesting because they know their names now. And I'm thinking, we created an identity for them, and then we're watching, you know, this mini-human that we've given birth to who knows his name, kind of. Mm-hmm. And you think about the this kind of what's in a name, and it does make a big difference. Yeah, it really does. Well, and, I mean, like,
2: the name you give someone might not always be the name that they identify with, you know. But then, like, sure. you can, just by giving someone a name, like, can really shape and mold who they are as a person because that name comes with a definition comes with an identity you know like it it's something to be grown into and lived up to sometimes and that can be really interesting so uh, full disclosure and I won't I won't tell you uh, like well so maybe not full disclosure then but um my my first name is not Elizabeth either i go by my middle name. And that was a choice that my parents made. But then, like, after that, you know, uh, I guess I had any opportunity I wanted to, to to change it to my first name and to go by that. Because most of my teachers in my classes would call me by my first name because that's what was on the roll. And um, I always defaulted to elizabeth and then when somebody a friend of mine started trying to call me by my first name i refused to answer to him and i was like you if you don't call me by the name that is mine then i will not speak to you so um so names are names
1: are important well and this is interesting because we named our son after sam but we go we call him by his middle name Ben. But uh-huh. we figure he's got, you know, all kinds of choices that he can make later in life. Right. But it's so interesting this fact that this I this main identity that you have really you have no choice or voice in.
0: Well, that's <laughs> and how
1: true. that kind of works on people. But so as someone who is a female minister as well as someone who writes about gender stereotypes, gender discrimination in churches and those kinds of things, um, you know, people were very surprised that I changed my name, but I had a similar experience to you. I was ready to shed that um, maiden name and make a new start and be ordained with that name. And yeah, for me, it was something that was deeper, too, because, you know, from for my belief system, the change of a name signifies something holy and divine. And, you know, for me, that's what marriage is. And so it, it was a marker in a way.
0: Hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think
1: you know, like that. Your
2: partner and my partner both would like support us if we felt like we needed to not have their name as well. But
1: and maybe that was part of it too. You know, you don't feel like you were forced to right. do it, it's and not so that you have to. Right. So. <clears throat> um. But but that is something that's interesting because yeah. that has become. An issue that if you're a feminist, well, you wouldn't change your name. And I kind of am, like, so... I mean, I kind of get that, but if you're a feminist, don't you support a woman's right to choose whatever she wants to do? Exactly. And so that's where, like, you...
2: I mean, that's what you come back to when somebody gives you that argument, is that, like, feminism isn't about, like, that kind of rigidity. It's about being allowed to choose what you want to do. So if you were a feminist, you wouldn't have children is that true? No, that's not true. No. Just because like, you know oh. it's traditional female role to have children doesn't mean that it's anti feminist to have to children. To have children. <laughs> right. So like I mean we could extrapolate it all the way there. So anyways. Um the other thing along these lines, and to like carry it back to writing, is like when you name your characters. Yes, that's what you can't I was thinking. Just of. do it offhandedly. And I actually learned that <laughs> through um a mermaid story i was writing um that i still am oh
1: reading, the mermaid sort of. story we haven't heard about the mermaid story in so long <laughs> that and makes me so excited right i know now.
2: well it's still like in there somewhere so it may come out again at some point in the future you never know um right now it's the ravens but the mermaid may come back actually maybe i'll mash up the two of them anyways no no, no. Back, back to my original. Wait, don't get um, distracted on another possible manuscript. No, um, so uh, so I named my main character Lilith um, because I kind of just liked the name. It was whimsical to me, and you know, sounded cool. And it wasn't like the normal kind of name that's out there um, for a female character or mermaid or whatever. God, it's not Ariel, right? But anyway, (laughs) um, and so then somebody was like, Well, that name comes with a lot of baggage, and I was like, What? And so I like did a few internet searches, and lo and behold, Lilith is actually kind of a crazy, uh, I don't know what's the word to describe it. Um, she's she's kind of violent and scary, Mm. Lilith is. Um, so I have. I have downloaded some materials onto my Kindle to read about her, and then I put that story aside for a while. So I haven't really like delved into it to figure out her, um, but it did help me to when I was naming characters in other stories, um, at least look up what the main right that's a good idea. The name is but, yeah. before I just do it, you know. So, anyways, um, and I mean. Once you start doing that, you can't stop, right? (laughs) So like, you're on all these baby name sites and like all these naming, you know, convention sites, and it goes into like you know people who play Dungeons and Dragons and have set up all these like sites for helping you create names for your characters and what they mean and what they sound like, and yeah, it just is. It's like down the rabbit hole. You could. Do that all day long, and it's super fun. But then you get distracted from writing your story. Not that I've ever had that problem, but but yeah, there's so much in a name. Even even if
1: Shakespeare didn't think so. <laughs> Good reference. Mm-hmm. So I, so I'm thinking about this because um, I just was able to watch Force Awakens for the first time. Oh. Did we talk about, I don't think we even talked about, I know, finally, but. The family went like four times without you. (laughs) Yes, but, but I did not get to see it because we did, we were able to watch it all together as a family in the comfort of our own home. And, but I did not get to watch it. Like they got to watch it because instead I got to watch it where we were watching along and Sam has the remote control and he presses pause and he's like, so this is the part that da 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 da, da. <laughs> Oh my God. I would kill him. That's and so I'm like, so annoying. you know what would be, and then, and then MH is the, she just chimes in and she's like, Oh yeah. And you're not going to even believe what happens. I mean, Oh my <laughs> gosh. And I'm like, guys, guys, seriously, you know what would be the awesome? it would be really awesome if I could watch the movie like by myself without you watching me watch the movie you know what I mean yeah because they know what's coming well so mm. you own a copy of it yes
2: yes so you're just going to have to wait for the day when everybody leaves <laughs> yeah there <house>. go <laughs> just watch it by yourself and you can watch it in like little little snippets you're like 20 minutes here
1: 20 minutes there I guess that's just as bad yeah right so so off. we've been debating You know, we've been debating, okay, we're, you know, the filming has started on the next one, so what's it going to be, and part of the question is, who is Ray, and where does she come from, and what is her name, and all of those things, so this is one of the interesting discussions, that, is that a nickname, is that, um, you know, something that her family said to her? A nickname that perhaps a member of her family said before she left or is this a new name that she took on at some point point? and right. it's really a fascinating discussion to be able to engage in and you know Mary Mary Hudson is talking about like Ray like a, a ray of light or you know something like that and I'm like hey that's actually pretty good <laughs> you know because it's like Star Wars I'm like yeah yeah that could be it so, this is one of the things because it seems they were just fascinated when they watched the prequels. Uh huh. With, with the name Padma, right? Uh huh. Yeah, they're like, Padma, Padma, I love that. And so then all their dolls became Padma. That's so cute. And, you know, because it was just a name that they had never heard before. Mm-hmm. And so the same kind of thing is going on with Ray that, yeah, that's a good name for her because. She's different than any other character that we've encountered before, and I think of the name like Katniss. Um, you know, some of these names that will forever be with the kids who grew up with those stories. Well, you know what Katniss is, right?
2: I don't know. Do I? Katniss is a plant. It's an arrow. Yes, root. yes, 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 yes. Arrow root. She's, you know, like an archer. An archer.
1: Yeah. Anyways, so that was like. But her. I think, but think about Harry Potter. I mean, Harry's a pretty common name. Yes. It but is. she was able to take that name and transform it into something completely different that you don't think about that. Well, and I think I think her that was kind of her point. It seems ordinary, right? But isn't right? exactly. Exactly. You know. So toying with that idea is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. But you think about these characters, and you think. Well, the, um, Lois Lowry in her work does a lot of this, of having unique names, and I think it's something about the world she's trying to create, right? So she's trying to create a world that isn't of this world, so she has to kind of come up with names that, you know, maybe you've heard of, but you probably haven't heard of them. Right. So you know that it's kind of a different world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of
2: fantasy and sci-fi does that, right? Right.
1: Yeah. And I
2: actually find that to be ridiculously hard to do. Yeah. Ultimately. Like, I, I'm like, how do people just put random letters together and all of a sudden have this name that I'm like, oh, yeah, that's so believable. And I'm like, totally with you on it, like Aragorn or you know, like Frodo or whatever. But like right. when I try to do it, I'm like, no, nobody's going like to believe
1: that. It's like it. <laughs> forced... <laughs> That's not a word. It doesn't work. Exactly. Exactly. So
2: some of it you just kind of have to like believe your way into as well, I guess. But
1: But it's part of the world creation that we talk about all the time. And those names are so, so very important. Yes. But I think it's really powerful too to have your character called a name by someone that they don't, they don't want to be called that name. Yes. That happens a lot. In and allow World. them the space to struggle with that identity that's trying to be placed on them.
2: That was actually um, a major theme in the newest uh, season of The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I don't know if you guys watch that show, but it's I kind don't. of adorable and I love it. And you mm-hmm. should totally watch it. Um, you would think it's hilarious um but yeah there's one of the characters who it comes out that like he had changed his name and isn't that um, funny yeah and so like when they find out what his real name is they start calling him that and he's like don't call me that and um you know i'm i'm this person now but so it's great it's
1: a great well, show and we, yeah we watch um last man on earth i don't know if you watch that mm-hmm but there's the one character who now has, it's not even in the third season, but he's now had four different names.
2: Right. That's funny.
1: Oh. And well, how that symbolizes, you
2: know. Speaking of people who change their names and, like, what it means for their identity, I just finished reading Allegiant.
1: Oh, you did? And what? Oh, my gosh. Wait a second. Take a moment. We've been waiting for, like, eight <laughs> months. To a year? two years i don't think it's been two years how long have we been doing this podcast since like episode five (laughs) to know what does elizabeth think you were gonna send me that book and it took you like like a year and a half to send me the book so it's only been okay but that's because i had (laughs) loaned it out so somebody had to return it to
2: me i see um which by the way do you want it back because i can send it back to you but
1: you can pass it on. Okay. That's one I was okay with partying. Probably pass it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, good thing it's a happy hour show cuz I need I need something to work myself <laughs> out to hear. I I I have
2: problems with that book, but but I don't mind like I actually I like um Tobias for a lot. Um I like that his name when you meet him is for and that it's because of his fears, you know, like it's it's interesting. Sometimes nicknames are things that you get that you don't want. And sometimes they're names that you like you put on. And I, so I like that, um, in him that that was kind of him like grappling with his own fears and, um, figuring himself out. So in the book with him and his struggles or whatever, like I, I still, I liked him. Um, overall I was unimpressed with the story. I felt like it got carried on too long. Um, because I just didn't feel like there was as much uh, urgency or tension, uh, once they took them out of the city. And they were kind of stuck in this in-between land of not really like, moving on. And they were just like, because, I mean, they even, they kept watching what was happening in their city on film, you know? And just like, standing around and and worrying about that, but not like doing stuff until the end, and yeah. So I was
1: meh about the whole thing. <laughs> okay, so but that now, I mean, spoiler alert: if you haven't read *Alien* or seen the movies, you or might whatever, want to skip ahead just a little bit. <laughs> you might want to, or perhaps it's been long enough. Right? <laughs> you know, we yeah. we haven't talked. To, oh, I'm so happy that you said this. Okay, so. The big, big, big deal that lots of people had such an issue with was... That they killed off
2: their main character? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but like I said before, when I started reading it, you could tell that was coming. Right, she writes it there. You know it. It's coming. (laughs) If people were surprised, they shouldn't be surprised because it's obvious that it was coming. And there was nothing else to do there because, like... She her her parents were gone. You know, like her relationship with her brother was completely burned to a crisp. There was no way they were gonna resolve that um, without her breaking character, and that wasn't gonna happen. And it was right in line with her character how it happened. So like, mm-hmm. I was like, well, of course. And I wasn't really that sad, except for the brother. I felt I felt sad for him,
1: but. Yeah, so this is an interesting thing, because Veronica Roth, um, you know, has said exactly what you said. Like, that's what the whole book was leading to. Like, this is what this character does. Right. But interestingly now, there's all of this, um, um, I don't know what to call it. It's not fan fiction, because Veronica Roth is writing it, Uh about four. Right. Which seems to indicate that, I don't think she said this, but it seems to indicate that she was actually not the main character, but Tobias was the main character this whole time. Well,
2: so that's highly likely as well, if you think about it. You know, even though the the story was told from Triss's perspective, um, yeah, it could have been that it was about Tobias and his character arc and breaking free, um, and
1: and that she wasn't going to allow him to fully do that, right.
2: Right, because he was going to rely on her too much for his whole life. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that.
1: So I think it's interesting. So if you do like that character, there are some more things that have been written about it. Here, I'll look it up really quick.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, there's a whole... He has a book now, it's called Thor, right?
1: Yeah, but there also... Okay, uh...
2: Also, I think it's funny because, like, a lot of people that I talk to about it are like, oh, I'm so sorry that you're reading this now, and I hate Veronica Roth, and I never want to read anything else by her. And I'm like, really? (laughs) (laughs) It's like... What did you miss? (laughs) I'm like, isn't she allowed to do with her characters what she will? And and isn't the fact that you had such a strong emotional reaction to it like a signifier exactly. of the fact that she's a
0: ridiculously
2: good author? But whatever. <laughs> and that you got that invested whatever. in it, right? Exactly, exactly. Like props to you, Veronica. If I can do half of what you do emotion wise to your to my readers, then I will consider myself a success. And if I can't, maybe I'll still consider myself a success. Just a smaller
1: one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So she actually, the um, four collection is a, st- is a collection of four different stories. So she was releasing them one at a time. Ah. And then her publisher said, no, 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 wait, you've got more stories. We'll make it a collection of stories, a uh, hardback, just like the other ones. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, She says, um, if you're asking, why, Veronica, why must you do this to us? My answer is, the stories turned out much meatier and more substantial than I was originally anticipating when I started them. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, or maybe your publisher said this is the way you were going to do it. Yeah. Both can happen. (laughs) It's true. So, you can live on. And so... Yeah, but what? How? It's interesting because she was releasing those stories almost like your short story. That, you know, it kind of sounded like that at first. Right, except that it was because after. she had the fir- right. <laughs> yes, but she had a follow up um, trail to follow.
2: Yes, well, and which like is learning more about Four is obviously interesting to right. her readers too.
1: So, Lois Lowry did this with The Giver. The Giver was a stand unknown novel. And then she highlighted different um, characters that Jonas had met in The Giver. And so, um, like Gathering Blue, there are four different ones that were kind of... Not a, it's not a spin-off. That's not the correct term. What's the right. correct term? It's like a supplement. Maybe.
2: I don't know.
1: Or a change of perspective or a different narrator or something like that. Well, you know who else did
2: that is um, Orson Scott Card. If you yes. have read Ender's Game and then read Ender's Shadow, it's the same story but told from a different character. That's Actually, I loved Ender's Shadow. I thought Bean was the best.
0: Super,
2: super. I've never read Ender's Shadow. Oh, it was so good. You should
1: totally read it. Put it on so, your Goodreads list. Oh, I think it's sitting on our shelf downstairs. That's where oh, I found well, it. There game. So, <laughs> so yeah, this is an interesting thing because, okay, so in Loris Lauer's case, it's not a retelling of the whole story, but there are parts of the stories that get picked up. And then you kind of take, then you see what happens from the other character's perspective, so they might end up in a different place than the character that you followed before. hmm which kind of reminds me, did you ever read those books, those choose-your-own-adventure books? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, wait, so these are totally 80s things, right? Yeah, well, yeah. So yeah. we should probably mention to those of, of our listeners who didn't grow up in the 80s, oh. <clears throat> Molly McConnell. <laughs>
2: <So>. <laughs> yes, choose-your-own-adventure is very, very H- meedy, how would you serious it? serious literary fiction. Molly, you need to go, you know, check that out. Oh wait, I think there's one right
1: here on the. Hold on. Yes, indeed, the throne of Zeus. Choose your own adventure. Okay. Well,
2: so the nice thing about, I mean, nice. This is actually, I feel like those books were part of what like contributed to my um, desire to tell stories, to tell my own stories, because like I could pick what happened next, and so then I just. Yes. Okay. So here.
1: You, you want to give a good example? Do it. This is the Throne of Zeus. What have you gotten yourself into, you wonder? The chariot races through grime grave caverns. Farther ahead, a, bizar- a bizarrely iridescent river shimmers with the only colors in the underworld landscape. The river Styx. As the horses fly over it, you gaze into the where. I'm not sure if you bargained for this. Should you jump into the river Styx and get away, or continue further into the underworld? Do you know it's like the precursor to? I'm sorry, it's the
2: precursor to video games, basically. Yeah. And wait, so isn't if that you leap like in big, that was what he was doing. The movie, I don't know, talking? I haven't, I have not seen that in so long. I think that's what he was doing was creating like an electronic version of a choose your own adventure.
1: abyss. Yeah. If you leap into the water, turn to page 70, if you remain in the chariot, turn to 31. <laughs> Elizabeth, what do you want to do? Uh leap in the water. Were you crazy? Leap in the water. All right, let's see what happens. You might die. Yeah, sometimes that happens. Sometimes you die. <laughs> Gotta take a You take, take a deep breath and hurl yourself out of Hades' chariot. The icy waters of the River sticks swallow you. By the time you struggle to the surface... Everyone has disappeared. You begin swimming to the shore, but you feel dangerously weak. Each stroke of your arm seems to require more strength than you can muster. Your body feels terribly heavy as the river sticks drags you into its murky depths.
2: Oh no, I drowned. The end.
1: You died. <laughs> Man. You died. I should be able to swim to the shore. You can't. It dragged you in. That's just not right. I would have stayed in the chariot. I would have been a scaredy cat. Let's go back. Yeah, see, I would have kept living for like three choices longer.
2: (laughs) Before you finally died, too. I know. I think you can get out of the adventure, right?
1: I think you can. Eventually? Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes when I'm writing my manuscript, this is exactly what this feels like. Like, oh my gosh, I'm choosing the fate of these characters who, in my case well, on one of the works that I'm doing happened to be me and some of the people that I care deeply about, and I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm putting this into writing, and I can portray this however I want to, really. Exactly. Even though it is memoir, memoir is not um, It's not straight you know. Right, autobiographical, necessarily. It's a different, you know, you're allowed some more freedoms. It's interpretation of past events. There, See, I knew you would have the good, solid definition. So when you do that, you can really cast yourself or the other people as you want to. Yep. That's a powerful thing. And if you are the first one to tell the story, ooh, the amount of freedom you have. Yep. I've been uh,
2: discussing that, actually, with my ghostwriting client because yeah. there are some stories that he's like, should I tell this story? And I'm like, well, do you want to deal with the effects that... That story is going to happen, yeah. When you, when certain people that you know and love read it, and he's like, "No," <laughs> I'm like, "Well, then you might not want to tell it." But, but maybe not. If it's important to y- enough to you, you can tell it because it's your book. But
1: yeah, so I think this is interesting. Uh huh. So okay, so I'm I'm going to cycle back to this Mc- McSweeney's ar- article. Okay, it's called Reasons You Were Not. Promoted that are completely unrelated to your gender. You didn't smile enough. People don't like you. You smell too much. People don't take you seriously. You're abrasive. For example, that time when you asked for a raise, it was awkward and you made the men on the senior leadership team uncomfortable. You don't speak up. We'd really like to t- you to take on more of a leadership role before we pay you for being a leader. Ugh. You're slappy. Like when you sent that email with a typo. You're too focused on details. <laughs> So it's like this back and forth, and yeah. obviously you can't, you can't the, intent, yes, the intent is you can't win. But this is one of the things that—oh, how did this cycle back? The one thing about doing a, a, a show is that it's actually pretty late here, and so my brain starts <laughs> shutting down. But, okay, this is what I was going to say, is it's actually— That's what you get to do. You get to write the story from any perspective because it really could be either or. Yep. Or both and. Or neither. Or neither, perhaps. But number five. Right, but I can I can recount situations when I was in a professional setting that I was like, hmm, I wonder if this is because I'm a woman Mm -hmm. and I'm a woman who speaks her mind. Because I think Mm -hmm. that might be going on. Now I wouldn't question that because the person would never admit that. And usually it just causes a lot more trouble than it's worth if it's not directly um, related to your gender. And so, mm-hmm. but the power of story is that you can embed that all in there. Yep, you can.
2: And if it helps you to illustrate a point, sometimes it's worth it.
1: Yep. Sometimes. Sometimes because maybe not. both stories exist in the world.
2: Yes. And kind of the point is that, like, everybody sees and experiences things differently. So. Yes. And so you're playing
1: with that. Yeah. Okay. So I do have a a technical question for you and your expertise. Okay. All right. So if you are following one character's perspective. Uh Uh-huh. How and when can you switch to another character's perspective without it being awkward? Or do Um, you have to just stick with it? I mean, we're talking about a third-person narrator. It's not first-person. Right. So, well,
2: so you can do it whenever you want to if it's important. Yeah. Like, if it's necessary and if it's going to create, like, dramatic tension or if it's going to reveal... um, Important information to the reader that they could not otherwise get that they need in order to understand what's happening or sometimes to create sympathy I just um was proofreading an Irish dragon firefighter novel romance novel um for source books that is okay got it quite a fun read and anyways um they like at one point, it's basically with um, with romance. You have the two main perspectives. You have the the hero and the heroine, and it goes back and forth between them and their perspectives because they're the ones who um, have the the tension and the um, that they have misunderstandings. So you you want to see from each of their perspectives like what they're. What they're hearing, how they're interpreting what's happening, that kind of thing. Um, But occasionally there can be like uh, another minor character that gets introduced, and in this case, there was um, this one character that comes into the mix that you think is going to cause a lot of trouble, and you kind of get really frustrated with him for what he's doing. In the context of the story. Um, but then she like switches it to his perspective, the author switches it to his perspective and suddenly it creates sympathy for him. And so you don't like think he's a bad person anymore. You're just like, Oh my God, he's just like totally confused. And what in the world is he doing? Um, and the author can have so many different reasons for doing that because maybe you want to create sympathy or maybe you want to like take away some sympathy that your readers have for a character. Um, and and so then you need to do it. But you can't just like do it once and for maybe a couple of paragraphs and then never do it again. You kinda of have to like follow right. <laughs> through for the character arc. So like, you know, where they start and to the change where they finish. If it's just gonna be like a flat Like they don't have any kind of change, and it's not changing your reader's um, mind on them. It's probably best not to do
1: it at all. Does that right? So in those, yeah, that's very helpful, and I think that's I think that's extremely helpful too. From for anybody who's drafting. So in those cases where you do switch perspectives, can you or could you offer internal dialogue from that new character? Yeah, I mean that's the whole point. Right? You right? could. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you switch perspectives, you're really kind of tuning into this person's yes um, perspective, but also their inner dialogue potentially. Right. Their um, how they see the world and and making that different. But I think okay. So two things I think about this. Number one, it can it can get really sloppy. Yes. You you gotta work on your transitions and make them tight. Right. Or use some kind of formatting that, that gives your reader, oh, wait, we're going to switch perspectives, because sometimes this author does that. Right.
2: Well, usually that is like a scene break or a... Um, or a, a chapter, chapter break. A chapter break, yeah. Um, yeah. Because, like, I guess that, for me, is what keeps you from doing that whole head-hopping thing, which is where you're in the same scene, but, like, it's a different character's perspective every other line, and that is right. annoying and and dilutes the scene a lot um so is that a real thing head hopping yeah yeah it totally is oh you could have told me that you
1: made that up (laughs) no
2: no i won't try to take credit for that because one of our listeners will be savvy enough to know that it's true
1: um (laughs) that i didn't make it up um But, yeah, so, like, it's... I've actually heard that term now, but I didn't know it was, like, an official thing. Yeah, that's... See, all these things. Industry standards that you're teaching me still. (laughs) 108 episodes later. Well, it's new every morning, right? Um,
2: (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, so, so yeah, so you just have to, you have to, in the first place, um, you have to consider what effect you want to have, and in the second place, like consider, you know, why why that character is necessary and th- why you need to do And know. the third place when to do it. Yes. So, and I mean, like if you're trying to um to lighten the mood of a serious scene, you know, you can like do a little head hop of like each person like considering what in the world is going on and even the dog, you know, like, what is going mm-hmm. on here? Don't understand. But um and that like creates you know, humor and amusement, and those are the same thing almost. Um, <laughs> anyways, so, like, it can, you just, you have to recognize what effect it is, and then decide if that's what you are going for. But can you, it has to be a third person perspective. Usually. If you're in first person, you're in first person. And if you're going to switch to yeah. another first person, then you better just, you better have a new chapter for them. And, I mean, like, George Martin, I swear, he has a new character every chapter. Um, but somehow the story moves forward inch by inch. Um,
1: so, like, you just have to be careful with it. Well, and I think about Robert King's author's The Poisonwood Bible. She does this, but she gives you the indication by putting the person's name at the top of the chapter. Yes. But I also feel like uh, the signature of all things, was it in there? Uh, no, no, not the signature of all things. The other one. You know. The butterfly I... one? Yes. What's it called? You see the cover? <laughs> I see the cover. It has well, what do the words say on the cover? <laughs> oh
2: my gosh, this is funny because it's not even that late for me why can't I think of the name of that book
1: because I said the signature of all things and now you can't get that out of your head just like I can't I'm looking Flight behavior Flight. no that's not the one I was thinking about that's Um, Barbara Solver too right yes I'm thinking about Elizabeth Gilbert oh you're right why am I
2: no I don't know which one you're talking about yeah I sent it to you that wasn't Elizabeth Gilbert. You're talking about the that, other I know. author that... Oh, come, come on. on. I don't remember that one either. I'm not in the right room.
1: That was... What's her name? Ann Patchett. There you go. That's the signature of all things, yeah. No, the that's signature not what I'm of all things about.
2: was Elizabeth Gilbert.
1: Really, hold on, yeah, ah. <laughs> sorry, yes, it is okay, so, okay, people <laughs> no, but this is what people who uh love books do all the time, <laughs> so what is Anne batchett, so the signature of all things was right was Elizabeth Gilbert, yes,
2: but it huh. was only one perspective, the whole book
1: mm. <laughs> so what am I thinking of?
2: <laughs> I don't know.
1: Okay. Not in your brain. Do 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 <laughs> State of Wonder. Thank oh. You. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Okay.
2: Yay, you figured it out.
1: I looked it up. I didn't figure it out.
2: That's how you I figure gave things up. out. You
1: look it up. Oh uh, no. What? Well, what am I what book am I thinking of that, that I just read that and they did that? It might be state of wonder. Well you read, read that book those a while ago. Time. I know, right? <laughs> but see you talk, you're talking about allegiance, so you're going back in my brain to all the books I read at that time. Yeah. You know, when I used to be able to read books without falling asleep completely. You mean <laughs> after before, two sentences. Before you like started having to devote tons
2: and tons of energy and brain power to a tiny human. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's true so speaking of which what are you reading i'm gonna have the same book for the next like 17 episodes and you're gonna be like i made it another sentence are you proud of me no way are you kidding that's like what i've been doing for weeks now
2: but like so i just finished allegiant i'm like but allegiant yes so now i have to like figure out what the next thing is i'm not entirely sure yet i have a stack sitting here on my desk, and so I'm like not sure if I'll be reading um, The Lean Startup and do a little business segue, or if I'm going to try to read another work of fiction. We'll see.
1: Okay. I have options. Do you want a true confession? What? So, I have a bedside table, and my bedside table has lots of books on it, but that's not necessarily where I go to choose the next book that I'm going to read. Uh-huh. Not a good system. I admit, <laughs> I'll be the first to say it's a broken system. So Sam was trying to find a book for me, and we were going. To, he was going to meet up, and we were going to do a kid swap, so we are going to do a book swap too because somebody was asking me about it. And I said, I think it's in that bedside table. Well, it wasn't because somebody else had borrowed it and brought it in, <laughs> and so I was able to hand it off to the person, so it wasn't even at the house. Nice. That I was sending him all over the house to look for. Nice. So, but when he went through my bedside table, he found a Barnes and Noble bag that I hadn't even taken the books out of. Oh no, that's just
2: not good. <sighs> that's bad, isn't it? That's hilarious. I think you have I an need
1: addiction. to stop.
2: <laughs> you need to go to read to stop.
1: Oh. This doesn't normally happen. Like, for instance, um wait. Anybody... I think like it does happen. I feel like I've heard you say what? this before.
2: I think I'm gonna have to oh, go. Like back... Like, how many in times? Our, at least One once. Time? At least once. I'm gonna have to go back in our recordings and I will find
1: it. It was. It's been over a year, but it's happened before. Yeah, they do get in stacks, and I do lose track of them sometimes. But okay, for that me doesn't. It's, I'm saying for me it's t- library sales.
2: <laughs> and like, see, I buy books by the bag load there because they're like four dollars a bag you know and you shove as many books in there as you can and so for okay a while but there, do you ever I fall
1: prey to the
2: the surprise bag well yeah for a while there i just like yeah. i was i would be cleaning stuff up and i'm like oh my god there's another bag of books and so noah was like you're not allowed to go to to library sales anymore and i'm like
1: why okay fine so where do you put all of them we do not have enough bookshelves
2: i have a lot of bookshelves and then i have books and stacks too but um yeah that's a, that's where ours when at. we moved from connecticut to california i um sent a lot a lot a lot of books to goodwill and passed off a lot a lot of other books to people that would appreciate them so like i had my friends come over um like i have a friend named aya who lives in new york city and would come out and visit us like on the weekends sometimes And she's, like, she's the sister of a, the younger sister of a friend that I had made in L.A. So we adopted her, and she would come out, and, like, we'd feed her, and she'd hang out with us and our animals and whatever. Um, But so when we moved, she came out, and I was like, please go through all of these books and take the ones you want. (laughs) So, anyways... So you that?
1: knew they were going you were they were going to a good
2: home. Yes, yes. I didn't even have to wonder. I was just like, You take the ones you want and she's like, Ooh, I want this one and this one and this one and then I'd be like, You can't have that one. <laughs> so anyways.
1: You can have that one, but not that one. Right. Um right, okay, so let let me defend myself a little bit <laughs> in that I did just go to Barnes and Noble and I bought a book and that's the book I'm still reading, which is Rising Strong by Brene Brown. Nice.
2: Yay, Brene so, Brown.
1: That is a good example of a good successful thing. Yes.
2: Cool. Well, so you're reading that and I'm I'm deciding what to read next. I also have some books by Chuck Wendig on my Kindle and I'm so I'm trying to decide I might pick up one of his fiction books
1: next so that I can read that. I hear a baby. The mini human.
0: Uh-oh.
2: Perhaps, Perhaps we should. Supposed wrap to be drugged up. and sleeping right now. <laughs> not drugged. I'm just teasing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But that By the was, way, if there's any like child protective... <laughs> no. I'm probably, please. I joking.
1: <laughs> oh, we were just referencing the labyrinth. You know, not like real life. <laughs> oh. So if people want to find you,
2: where would they find you? You can find me at www.writingrefinery.com. You can find me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Pinterest, on Goodreads, all at Writing Refinery. You can also find me at ElizabethKaufman.com if you're looking for, like, my personal um, blog and for notification about when my book comes (gasps) out because I'm still editing. It's still going strong. And you
1: you can find me harrelsonpress.com at harrelsonpress on Twitter and harrelsonpress on Facebook and if you want to see what I'm writing and what I'm up to you can find me at marianna.net Yay! See? Happy Horses are just more interesting. They really are. You get whales, you get Yoda you get doggies, you get babies You never know what's going to happen around here, folks. What else could you want in a podcast? Exactly. Oh, and we should mention the really exciting news about our podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. We almost forgot. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on Google, Google
2: Play now because podcasts have been launched on Google Play. Yeah, because we are a launch partner
1: with Google Play Podcast. We couldn't talk about it because, you know, it was very hush-hush until, until it was actually Google Play Podcast was actually launched. But Thinking.fm, Thinking Out Loud, and you can search by our names, too, because, yes, we're that famous. That's what it means to be a launch partner for a Google Play podcast. Oh, yeah. See all the ways you can find us. (laughs) And if you want our autographs, just let us know. Yeah, Yeah, we're totally,
2: well, maybe. If you're lucky, you'll get one from us.
1: (laughs) In the meantime, keep writing. Keep reading. And keep dreaming. Bye. Bye.